Hi, I'm Simone W. Johnson-Smith, and welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America. Are you a professional new to the United States and struggling to monetize the expertise you brought across the seas? Are you feeling misunderstood and out of touch because you're struggling to understand the unstated rules of the American culture? Each week, we'll take an in-depth look at the positive contributions immigrants are making to the American culture, marketplace, and life. Our intention is to serve as a bridge from your culture to the American culture, giving you a roadmap of tools and the language to understand the unstated rules of the American culture. Let's get started. So I, I can't help but wonder why were you so resistant to your dad's stories or your mom's stories? Was there, <laughs> was there, was there something socially like some peer pressure, social pressure no. you think that was influencing or you were just a kid like dad? Yeah. I heard that one already. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's that. And it okay. was just like, Oh, if I hear one more story about how you didn't get to get this, that, or the other, and I'm so lucky that I get all of this. I'll just, you know, it, you, it, it's the rebellious teenager, right? Unfortunately, it stretched it farther, you know, well into adulthood for me too, but it was, oh, I've already heard this story, right? And that's this assumption. And I had heard a lot of these stories. Um, but now, you know, and, and because the, you know, the passing of my mom is still so fresh, a lot of, a lot of people who, who've come forward say, you realize it will always be a mystery. That's the, that's kind of the, the essence of generations moving forward right? There's always going to be a sense of mystery about what actually did happen. And now it's for you to cobble up together, whatever it is and move forward. And it's true, but my rejection of it was sheer rebellion. Um, and feeling, I mean, actually it's a good question, feeling that, but you're not experiencing what I'm experiencing, right? So at least you went to school and everybody knew how to pronounce your name, right? And so, but they couldn't hear that in the same way because, they had a diff- they had a different set of um, experiences where they didn't have as many material things as I might have had, for example, right? Um, or they didn't have as many opportunities to you know have friends and go do all of these extracurricular activities because they had other demands, right? To take care of their siblings, take care of their parents. I didn't have those things, but we had this this gulf of understanding across us because the things I had they couldn't even imagine, right? Which was, I'm in a classroom filled with people who don't understand my name or can't say it. I'm excluded because I look like this. I still have very, very long hair and everybody else has a fair faucet haircut. I can't get that done, right? All sorts of things. Um, you know, we have Christmas, we culturally, you know, commemorate it, but then we have this other thing called Diwali in the fall and that's just weird. And all of these things were really, um, separators for a while until until I was further along in in after my first and second job when it felt more like a shared experience again because now I'm at work and they've been at work right so we could talk about that but it was something about school that whole time period of being at school going to university and having a set of experiences that they never had and having a hard time um, helping them understand it while also having freedom to just experience what I wanted to experience. Um, and I think that's the, that's the, the foundation on 
why I wonder about people who immigrate after all of those experiences are done and their ability to get things done in here versus those of us that had to navigate so much while also, um, you know, jockeying and brokering so much at home, right? Did I date? Of course I did. Did my parents know about it? No. Right? Um, there are so many things. Did I have a burger every once in a while? Uh, yes, of course I did. Um, but was it always in line with what my mom or dad wanted? Not at all, right? Like all of those things um, were being, were happening. And so that also was a reason why their stories weren't as interesting when I was little. Right, which is understandable. And I think a lot of people listening can, can uh, resonate with your story. First gener- a lot of first generation immigrant children, uh, children of immigrant parents probably are gonna say, oh my gosh, my parents don't understand. They don't get me. Um, They can't relate to what I'm going through. But the fact is, I mean, you were born here. This is what you're experiencing. You might visit your parents' culture for a summer, but the fact is, this is where you're making your friends and you're having everyday experiences. So you're trying to have it fully, but they're probably just, because they never had it, they can't really relate. So yeah, and they don't want to let go, right? They're also feeling that um, a big part of their job is to keep the most important cultural uh, values with you as a kid, right? And some of them are completely contrary to where we live. And so I can see why um, parents just don't understand, right? Like I can see why that keeps happening because they're trying so hard to instill the things that need to stay and they don't want any of that to fade. But in the meanwhile, some of it has to fade a bit in order for us to, to grab on here. And that, yeah, it's a, it's a, tough, it's a tough, tough balance. Um, and I, you know, again, I'm very much like my parents on this one, but I, I don't think you can hide in community either. If you do that, then, it, then we just keep segregating and that's not helpful either. So there's, a, there's something about finding the right balance um, and it's, uh, it's hard. And right. we all as teenagers, not everybody told their parents everything, right? Like all of that. But my parents didn't realize that, right? So it was hard. It was hard for them on so many fronts when I would be pushing back or doing things. I mean, again, I'm a, a girl child that didn't get married, right? So they had to face so many questions all the time about a lot of things, right? Um, my, my focus and choice to take care of both of them um, kept me. That was where my personal life went most of the time. And my and my professional work. Um, and they had to have the courage to face every conversation about that within the community as well, because of some of the decisions that, that we make as a second generation. Um, they're still in their dinner parties, right? And unfortunately comparing notes with each other and that can be hard. Right, I can't imagine. Just from personal experience with a friend from college days, I know too that there's a different and, and it's, it's like that, too, I think, uh, across much of the globe. There are different expectations from having a son versus having a daughter or having daughters only versus having sons in the culture. And I can just imagine how they, what they had to deal with, with people having conversations and asking questions and them having to explain. It, it must not have been easy for them either you know no no no. and to still keep going you know on both sides right I I think you know so you know one of your first questions was about you know what 
what was it like and, and what was the big dream? And it was to make sure they stayed proud of me, right? To make sure that the investment they made to come here, um, you know, was for me and that that played out the way in the best possible way for them. Um, and even with each one of these decisions that didn't fall in the stereotype that they were hoping for, you know, I, I almost had an arranged marriage that didn't happen. I was um, very serious with uh, someone from a, a, an entirely different culture. His family was from Africa, East Africa, and all of that um, was something that they always had to, it would question everything for them all the time. And they accepted it, which was incredible. But it was, uh, it, it takes a lot to, to move some of the, that forward. And I think my not wanting to hear all the stories was done so that I could have the space to do the things I wanted to do versus hearing those stories as if it was rationale for me not to do those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that allowed for all of this, but hindsight, like you have for your mom, you know, wish for her voice on a, on a tape and talk about her stories. Hindsight today, I feel the same. You know, I, I wish I had um, just turned on a tape recorder so that later I could listen to it, even if I didn't want to listen to it right that minute. Right. I wish I had videotaped more. Um, these are all important stories because there are stories and this country doesn't have as much, right? I worked really hard on uh, my mom's obituary and I know some of my family are like, why are we on like version 20 of this thing? And I said, because, you know, one day your great, great grandchildren are going to be on ancestry.com looking for something. And Mm. and these are our public records. There's not much else right uh, in this country for us. So that matters at that time. And if it's only she was a loving wife and mother, then that's not really telling her story, right? So we've got to find and make use of our time in telling these stories. You know, there isn't yet an uh, Asian American museum at the Smithsonian yet. Um, Hopefully there will be soon. There's a lot of work on that. I still saved. I saved my dad's first suitcase when he came here on that boat. trunks because one day that museum is going to happen and it when it does these are the artifacts of what it was for us when we were here and i I encourage you to do that or any listener to do that save a few of those things record the story in whatever way you want even if it's through the magic of a child telling it again that's me now it's going to have to just come through oral history with me but to write it down in somewhere so that when, uh, when it's time, we have the ability to tell our story here. Otherwise, we can't be a part of the tapestry of this country if we don't, if we don't stitch the fabric for it. Yes, very powerful uh, what you're saying. And, and, and for it to become a part of the public record, like you say, if, if family members were to search ancestry, did you actually publish your mom's obituary in like a newspaper as yeah. it's done in some yep. countries? Yep. Okay. I so made that's... sure it was in um, the Minneapolis Tribune. And then again, all these things, you know, you have to have means, you have to move quickly, you have to have facility and language. Like there's a lot of hurdles that can make it hard, right? Um, you have to pay for it. There's all of this. But yeah, um, same thing with my father's. It was also in the paper, I believe, here in, in Chicago. But we made sure that, that um, yeah, that obituaries were there. And it's not just that, but other seminal events. Just make sure that they're in the record because, I mean, I we did Ancestry.com and it's challenging, of course. Of course, there aren't as many things for us, right? And and that's why that's such a that's such a prominent memory in my mind. I'm like, gosh, when I was starting to look for who's who and none of that's 
easily found. Um, so to make it easy and to make, make their time here um, and their struggle and their opportunity visible. That's a big yeah. thing that I'm going to make sure. They worked hard. They worked hard and they um, generated a lot of joy for a lot of people. We are working hard. We are generating a lot of joy for a lot of people. And there has to be a way of, um, you know, making sure that that's seen somehow. And documented. And documented. This, is, this is why this podcast is here. I'm documenting people. I'm yes. creating my library of human of immigrant stories and loving it and it moves me every time I sit and listen I tell you it just it's very moving and I just feel so connected you know I interviewed I've interviewed so many people Egypt India yeah. hearing your story I did in Ukraine recently to hear oh, wow. the relationship between Russia and India and how the fact that they have family on both sides Ivory Coast I tell you I mean I just feel so connected to people just in hearing their stories. We come from opposite ends of the world, but a lot of what they're saying, I'm like, this sounds like how I was growing up in Jamaica. Some of the things that we usually do, we're just people living out our lives. Yes. Putting this, uh, it's very powerful, but in, in respect for your time, it's very intriguing to listen to you, but I wonder if you have any advice for, you know, people who are here today in the society that we're living in, the complexities that we have to deal with, what would you say to people in order to make it in today's world, to be successful, to survive even, and make their mark here in the United States? That's a big question. Uh, I'm still trying to figure that out too. I think everybody, that's our, that's our forever journey. So one of the things um, is to not stay isolated and work really hard to, to be of community, however you choose to define it, and be, be visible in your voice. Use your voice. Um, speak up in the right moments. Figure out the right moments. Um, get help from people to do that. Uh, don't be shy. Uh, use opportunities. Look, you've created such a gener generous space where we can tell our story. Um, you know, it's, it's ironic that I want my story to be heard and yet I wasn't willing to listen to my parents' story, right? So it's a, it's a lesson of just listen to stories, tell your story. Um, don't, be, don't be shy about speaking up. And, and the last thing I would say is, you know, we have a lot of expectations of others. You know, the system didn't provide this. We didn't get this the last time we asked. Um, you know, just try really hard to keep flipping that around to say, well, what, what do we need to do next time? Um, because it's easy to get bogged down on how the system isn't. Um, but there's some cracks in it where they are. And so how do we, you know, stay in that and push through for that and, you know, keep moving towards the joy of the solution? Right, right. Powerful. I heard recently someone sharing something on LinkedIn about having a difficulty and how he's coined the phrase with his children, how can we use the difficulty? Like if something is challenging in front of you, just ask yourself, how can I use this? Yes. You know, there's always a lesson or something that you can make out of it. And you've told the story of how your parents, I've seen it with my family too, how when challenges come, people make something out of it, right? And so mm -hmm. how can you use that challenge? And so kind of that's what you're basically, you know, saying just now is how can we use some of these things that we find difficult to create something more beautiful, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and if you want to try something, try it. 
right? I think that, um, you know, as, I, as I'm listening to your story and others and reflecting on my family, you realize that, look, then when they wanted to do something, they did it. I mean, look at what they did. They put themselves on boats and planes and they did it. So from that comes, comes something, right? Is that if, if you really want to try something, you'll be able to because your ancestors did. Yes, powerful, powerful. And just to, to close, uh, Purvi, is there anything that you would advise people? You know, we have to living in, in peace and find a way to get along with people in this country. And we know there's a lot of friction. And so anything that you would recommend for people not to say or do based on maybe past experience or based on where you sit and what you can see across the country, you know, what would you say to us and our listeners about how to live in, in, in a peaceful, <laughs> joyful state with the, our, our country and its citizens? Oh boy, that's, a, that's tough. Um, it's a big one. There's, yeah, there's no advice there. I think we're all going to have to advise each other, right? Um, you know, I, I am, my experiences have shown me that sometimes I, I jump to a conclusion sooner than I should have. Hmm. And that maybe I didn't see it from another person's perspective and maybe I didn't I didn't take the time to explain my perspective right so I think it's back to what we've all been hearing about just having the grace of take time slow down um, listen um, explain and try hard not to get exasperated by having to do that often because you know, I keep coming back to, to what my mom said, but you have to bring them home. It's like, well, you have, they can't just come home without a map. They can't come home without the door being open for them, right? Like all of these things are steps to the, that understanding on everyone's part, right? And lately I've been being, I've been more, more explicit about names and the rest because I see what happens on Zoom calls and you see who gets skipped over sometimes because it's too hard to, to pronounce someone's name. And before you know it, you know, there's a collusion that's happening. We're all doing it and until somebody speaks up. So until I think we're in a time now where just take a breath, speak up and listen and, uh, and come back at it again. Right, right. It is getting uh, better. It's just not as fast as any of us would like. So we just have to slow down and see it when it is getting better. And, you know, that's an important point you're making. At times, we're so tuned into the media, oh. social media, the TV, yes. and what they're projecting that we miss the stories that are taking place underneath all of that. The everyday stories, how people are interacting and creating, understanding, because they're not being projected out. No. You know, sometimes it can be so loud, it just drones out the everyday activities sure. of every of everyday people finding way to get along. You know what my dad used to do? And I know I can go on and on. I'll, I'll end on this story of him because this, this issue around the media was ha has always been the case, right? We're, we're just um, enticed by bad news. We're enticed by the crisis, right? And the good news stories are usually the last one told, if, if at all. Well, my dad, what he used to do back when we would actually read physical newspapers, he would spend the year and, cut all the articles that were the good news. And at the end of that year, he would produce a little booklet of all the good news that he found that year and distribute it to everybody during the during our holidays, during Diwali. 
And it, again, the teenage kid was like, dad, what are you doing? But now when you look at it, it's a real intention to focus on it and share it. And so to just amplify what you're saying, we can tell those stories more um, informally too, right? When the, at the next you know, time you're having a cup of coffee or the next time it's a happy hour, to just reflect when someone did something that was unexpected and generous. Right. And create a new wave of, uh, you know, focus. My gosh, the the bad news can just overtake us sometimes and we can't see. We miss that we miss so much beauty in the world because of some of so much of the bad news that's been just shouted in our ears and shouted at us sometimes. But do you have any do you have any services? Do you coaching would be? any any plug for yourself or any uh, side business that you might be thinking no, of in case no, might no. want to support you? Oh, you're so kind. Um, no, not yet, at least. Uh, but at time, I, you know, we'll see as time goes on if that's of need. If anything, you know, I'm just here to help. Who, you know, anyone who may need some help, um, just to to learn myself and to and to build to a better future for all of us. But I I am not doing anything on my own. Um, yet I do a lot through board service and, and the rest. And right now, just uh, given what I'm doing, just in wrapping up my parents' life and reorganizing for what will happen next for me, um, we'll have to just stay tuned. And if, there, if there's anyone who has ideas, if you think it is a good idea to do that, let me know. But right now, um, right now I'm just doing what I can to, to just sort through where, where is my voice best needed. Um, and, and if I can help others with that, I'm happy to do that informally, but yeah, it's been, uh, you, I mean, look at what you've done. So Simone, just, uh, we should just take a moment to honor the space that you're creating and, um, in the, in the specific way you're doing it, which is again, these unexpected, generous things that happen during challenging times. You're an example of bringing that kind of joy to so many people. So thank you. Oh, you're very kind. It was an absolute pleasure taking this journey with you. I had chills, I had <laughs> laughter, I had some tear, and uh, I was inspired even just hearing different pieces of your story and to keep going and how important it is, both the tradition and the progressiveness that we see, mm. right? Both of it, it's all important. And, you know, in honor of our mothers, Mm-hmm. And send them up. We, we hope that they're both resting in peace and that we'll continue to honor both of them with what we do as daughters of immigrant mm-hmm. mothers. Yes. And I still have my dad and I will endeavor to try and and make some memories with him while I still have him here. But I bless you and thank you so mm-hmm. much for sharing your story. We thank wish you all you. the best in, in whatever you you, you, are, are. You, you endeavor to do in the next uh, chapter uh, of your life, you. right? Thank you. And I am certain that our mothers are having a strong cup of tea, you know, watching and listening to us as we move this uh, conversation forward. So thank you. Thank you for, for creating this space. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and I hope that there'll be many more women like you who are going to do the same for others. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Tune in next week for another episode of The Immigrant Experience in America. As this is a new podcast, we welcome any and all support. 
If you have not done so already, subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can also support us by completing a five-star rating and review and sharing our podcast with your friends, family, and circle of influence. 